All right, guys, welcome back to Three Guys in a White Coat, uh, the podcast where we give you our insight on the path to becoming a medical student and beyond. Um, as always, I'm Matt Semler, here with Matt DeYoung and Mike Bernazani. And uh, today we're going to talk a little bit about research and research experience as an undergrad. I think this is something that gets brought up in undergraduate universities quite a bit as you know a way to get involved, kind of get insight on you know what really goes on behind the scenes, especially with a lot of the big uh, medical breakthroughs and uh, you know what really happens and all the work it takes to get there so agreed yeah I, th- I think it's it's big you know I, I think the three of us were kind of all involved within at some point um, to different extents, whether yeah. I liked it or not. Yeah, you know, we went we went through with it, but so yeah, I was gonna say some people really really take a take a special interest to research. Other people, they uh, they know that it's something that they they should be doing in order to to give them you know maybe it's a little bit like organic chemistry for some people. So maybe you don't really uh, use organic chemistry in your day to day medical career. You kind of have to get through it. I loved um, it. I was going to say, I go. feel like I was one of the weird guys that actually like really liked organic chemistry. Yeah, Argo was one of my favorite classes for sure. I had a really good teacher too, which helped to make it fun, but I really liked organic chemistry. Yeah. I know, I'm weird. That's all right. Hey, you made it. That's all that matters, right? Agreed. So, I mean, <laughs> Matt's in order here. I mean, Matt hated it. I, 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 not, I didn't mind it, but, you know, it's just, I feel like that's the one that everyone talks about. It's like, oh my word, organic chemistry. Ah! But, you know. It is what it is. But yeah, research, I mean, personally, I loved research. I got involved pretty quick into my undergraduate career, career. and I think it's different for everyone. I mean, I went to a smaller college, as we've mentioned, probably 4,000 kids, and there were, there were research opportunities on campus, but I also went to a school that was outside or a, a good distance from where I lived. So I found a research position that was a little bit closer to home that I could do during the summers rather than worrying about it during the semester. How did you find yours? Um, I used um, a couple connections that I had found through uh, family as well as um, just kind of being around the medical area that I that I lived close to. And it was really nice because I, I ended up landing a immunology research position um, with uh, a PI by the name of Dr. Michael Nishimura, who's become a really great mentor to me, um, just kind of on my way to medical school. So he was extremely helpful, has been extremely helpful, and I'm still going back uh, to that lab um, this coming summer. So obviously the involvement is real, and it's something I'm really, really passionate about. So So basically we're going to him, Matt, when we get to immunology. In class, because I know I mean, nothing about immunology. I mean, I got your, I got your infectious disease too. So oh, perfect, I'm, I'm set. You're my, go to Mike, I'm making, I'm making it through this. <laughs> so I actually have a quick question for you, Matt. So you had What's two that? different labs. So mm-hmm. did you? You said you worked at one in like the, during the school year, and then one during the summer. So it? actually, no, I, I didn't work in any during the school year. Okay, I wanted to just keep the school year, you know, focus on academics and stuff. Okay, and then in the summers. Uh, I mean, some work carried over, you know, if I could write or, you know, kind of just explore things on my own interests. Um, but I did all of my lab bench work at or during the summers. So, okay. I don't know, Mike, do you, you have a kind of an interesting research experience. You want to talk a little bit about that? Yeah. Um, I know that I always say on here that research isn't my thing, but I actually have like a pretty good amount of it behind me. I mean, I've done public health research. I've worked in school, uh, 
in labs at school. I've worked for histology labs and I've done sports performance research. And really, I think for me, it was more so finding the research that I enjoyed the most. And I think that came when I started working in the sports performance lab for sure. And I think where you're going with this is you want me to talk about my video research? Yeah, I think that's something that, uh, you know, it's completely different than from Matt and I who did a lot of bench work. Yeah. Yeah. So um, one day I was working in the lab and I had a doctor that I was working for that walked in and he was talking about how he had this new GoPro and he didn't know how to use it. And I have a large background in film from high school and college and all that. And I was just kind of like, I know how to use that. So he was like, good, you're coming to the OR with me, going in on Wednesday. So I ended up going in and filming the surgery with, uh, with who became my mentor. And uh, we made a technique manuscript out of it, and I made a technique video for it, and we ended up publishing that. And I really found that that was really enjoyable for me because I felt like I got to get like a larger scope of medicine. And I got to help people that like might not be able to get to our clinic. Like Physicians can look at that video and watch it and learn the technique that we were doing. And I just thought it was really helpful. Yeah, it's a completely different side of it, too. I mean, I was going to say, we should probably lay out the, uh, the types of research that there are. Yeah, I think so, we I mean, a little bit about it. Yeah, yeah there, I mean, there's, there's obviously clinical research, which can involve anything f- to what Mike was doing, uh, where he's taking videos with a physician during procedures and kind of getting those. Clinical data, uh, research can also be um, writing case reports, looking at... Um, a lot of retrospective research. A lot research. of retrospective research. So, for example... Um, you use databases at the hospital to predict or look at um, how patients would recover or what factors presented that inhibited their recovery or made it a longer recovery and kind of generate some insights based off of that kind of research. And then there's basic science research, which is, yeah. I think, what yeah. Matt The pipetting. Matt, Matt the and Yeah, so I... I got kind of lucky, I think, with my research mentor. Um, I didn't start thinking about medical school until, like, probably halfway through sophomore year of college and Mm -hmm. really got interested in research, got interested in viruses. And uh, luckily enough, the first uh, um, professor that I contacted uh, did a lot of work with HIV, which I was really interested in, and offered me a position at a research lab. And stayed there for four and a half years, worked a year and a half out of college, um, did a lot of bench work, a lot of... uh, work with the dangerous, deadly, unknown viruses to the point where, like, if a pandemic started, I'd probably be patient zero at that point. <laughs> um, yeah. <laughs> Makes for really great uh, conversation starters, though. For sure. Um, so well, I'm going to scoot my chair a little bit more this way. Yeah, you know, hey, you know, it's been, what, a year? I think, think we'll be okay at this point. <laughs> yeah, I was going to say, you're not going green anymore, which is always good. Yeah, not yet. That usually kicks in around the holidays. <laughs> so, similar, same thing I asked Matt. How did you come across yours? Because I feel like that's one of the hardest things with this is, like, how do you find these opportunities? Like mine with my videos just like kind of sprung out of midair. I just happened to be in the right place at the right time and took the opportunity when it was presented. But, you know, did you email those people or did you know someone or how did you find them? So I actually, I did email them, um, but it all started in like my second semester biology class where we started talking about HIV, different infectious diseases. And I got started thinking about med school and like really started thinking like, you know, ID, infectious disease, what I'm really passionate about. Mm -hmm. And uh, talked to my professor who was not my PI at that point and asked him, you know, do you know anybody that is doing HIV infectious disease research? And he gave me uh, the name of my boss, uh, Dr. David O'Connor. And emailed him, asked, you know, said I was really interested in your work. Do you have any positions open? And came in, like, the next week for an interview and stayed there for a while. And the rest is history. Yeah. And the rest is history. Yeah, I think that's an important thing to remember is that at a lot of undergrad campuses, professors have 
connections. Professors are, are doing research. Um, and so, you know, you don't always have to do things at a medical clinic um, or at a medical facility. You can do research with your professors just to show your interest, learn what that's like. And I think, you know, having a research background or, or at least getting involved in research really helps your shape your perspective of medicine. I mean, for me, I know being in an immunology lab that does clinical trials, I get to see how long it takes and how many hours go into producing, testing, and just researching all the different ways there are to treat cancer. Um, in my lab, we, we work specifically with melanoma or liver cancers and just kind of seeing the whole process from start to finish and how that integrates with clinical medicine and how, you know, patients can apply for the clinical trials and all those kinds of things. I don't know. It, it's really cool. And I haven't been able That's to see medicine the same way after doing that. Yeah. How about you guys? Yeah, I, I'd agree hundred percent. I mean, I know, like I said, I always say that research isn't my favorite thing, but when I was working with Dr. Ng in the histology lab, I learned so much about femoral artery stents and like what clinical trials are and how you go through those things. And even just science in general, like, basic biology like the like what an artery is like what it's made up out of and like even when we're doing things now a lot of the things that i was doing with those tissue samples like has helped me immensely in medical school so you don't really see those things coming down the pipeline but you're going to be in these labs doing things like firsthand learning getting all that experience and it's going to help you later even if you can't see the path now you might be pipetting something in a lab and say I don't know what this is. And then you're going to be in a class one day and be like, oh my gosh, that's what I was pipetting. Like that chemical is what I was using. Now I understand what I was actually doing. So yeah. I think it's immensely helpful. Yeah. For me, it was like the novelty of it. Um, you know, we uh, did a lot of like the really early Zika virus research back when it uh, started in Brazil. Um, my boss had a lot of contacts. And so we started looking at Zika virus and pregnancy. And it was interesting over those like two years to kind of think about, okay, like what we did and like what we found out, like started becoming some of the guidelines for like the CDC and like travel warnings to Brazil, like how long you should wait to like, um, try and have children at that point. And, uh, but yeah, it, you know, that, that's, I think that's one of the things that I miss the most is just being on like that front line of like learning mm -hmm. new things. Okay. Sure. Cause it is coming, you know, it is, like you said, it's, it's all coming back. Thing. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. And you, you know, like you said, Mike, we're learning about it all now, and Which now is it's crazy. All, yeah, it is really. I was just thinking about that when we were learning about like the placenta and the different parts of the placenta, and I was yeah. like, I never knew that you know this was what it actually was and yeah. where it was. Yeah, I think it's. I think yeah, it's just so cool that you know, um, some of you who may be joining a research position or doing research. I think the first summer that I sat down in that lab, it's an immunology lab, and they're talking all about, you know, transducing T cells and all these different um, flow cytometry tags, and they're showing like, oh graphs. Oh my gosh, flow I'm cytometry! Sitting there, I'm sitting there like, I have no idea what they're saying, and it, and it was just like a second language. But you know, I think that's where initiative comes in. And I think on that note too, I remember my dad telling me when I first started going to medical school, or when I first started doing all like this lab stuff. He said, Mike, even if you don't know what they're talking about, just listen. Listen and absorb, and someday it's going to make sense. And that, I think that's basically what you were just saying. Like, Absolutely. Like, yeah. Eventually, you're going to start picking up keys. You're going to start seeing similarities. And then you know what I would do is I would go into those meetings with a notebook, and I'd write down all the little acronyms and all the little things I didn't. And you still I do it. Getting at. Yeah. And so you know, like we, you know, the three of us just went to uh, a, a talk on uh, cancer in Africa, um, not too long ago at Loyola. And, you know, it was a great talk. It was talking about a lot of the things from my research, um, or 
that had to be affiliated with my research. And it was just really cool just to see that come full circle. And we're sitting there bumping each other, being like, we just talked about that in class. Yeah, we just learned that in genetics. That that was crazy. I know that gene. That one was one of the genes we talked about. Yeah. (laughs) So I don't know. I think research is a very important part of the medical process because you do really see the whole aspect of medicine. And, you know, it gives you a, a greater respect for, you know... And, and everyone that's kind of behind the scenes, yeah. you know, you have your clinicians mm-hmm. for sure, but then you also have PhDs, master students and technicians, everyone else, everyone yeah. else that's putting hours and hours in testing and everything that are doing so much for the patients that I feel like maybe not, that doesn't get recognized. All the well, time. it can be a huge, like multi-site collaboration too. Like yeah. not just within one lab. And like right. you said, like you're working with clinicians, like, Multiple dis- different hospitals, multiple different universities, multiple different labs involved. I mean, I know, like, at the height of our research, I think there were four labs involved at Wisconsin. There was one involved at Duke, someone down in Texas, and then, like, the clinic, like, University of Wisconsin Hospital. Yeah. And going off something that you talked about before, I think initiative is huge in research. Like, if you're working for someone and you don't really understand the project, don't be afraid to go to them and ask them to explain the project to you in more depth. They're not going to get upset about that. They want to make sure that you understand. Like, Dr. Ng would sit me down and talk to me about everything that he knew about arteries. So that way, when I was doing my sectioning, I knew what I was looking at. And that's huge. And, like, it's really important. Like, we do, we're doing anatomy right now. Like, my boss made me dissect a heart, made me dissect a lung, made me dissect a kidney, made me dissect a liver. So, like, I didn't know what I was looking at at the time. But now, like, we're learning about the structures again. And I'm seeing them. I'm like, oh, like, it gives you some context and all that. But... Well, they like talking about it too. Like that's what they spent so much of their life on. Like they love, right? Like, and that's not in a bad thing that they like to talk about. Like they love to talk about it, and it's like great to hear someone who has like invested that much time get so excited about some of our like sure. research. Like hey, we we're talking about like some of the lectures that we've had. Yeah, like they're complicated, but it's awesome to see it's PhDs so cool. come up and like get really giddy and smiley when they're talking oh, about what they love doing. Absolutely, and and I think that's just. I mean, again. What, what Mike was talking about is, is you know, going going to your PI, um, your personal investigator or principal investigator, um, and asking them to explain is never a bad idea. And, and never. This, this, this goes back to, you know, kind of <clears throat> what we talked about in an earlier podcast of never lie. If they ask you yeah. if you understand and you say yes, you better understand that fully otherwise they're assuming you do at that point they right. don't think they need to teach it to you again exactly. and they might quiz you on it too and then yeah. if you say no if you say yes and you're wrong or you might be in a meeting yeah. like i know i presented to some like people in our company all the time and if i didn't understand something or i had lied to doctoring if they quizzed me on it i was gonna look like a like an idiot up there right yeah. and then you reflect poorly on who on you him. represent as well and, and especially if that person's gonna be your mentor like right. they don't want that right yeah. and and that's that's another important thing is is that you know, taking initiative to find, you know, what Matt said, um, how it's a multi-site collaboration everywhere. It's very true. And what's, what that means is great for everyone applying to med school because that means there's a ton of research going on mm-hmm. everywhere. They always need hands. They always need people to help do things. Like, there's never enough people that they can have in a lab so that way that a lot of things can get done. But at the same time, you need to take initiative initiative to find those sources and to find those opportunities. And when you're in those opportunities, make sure you're getting the most out of, don't just, don't just, you know, clock in, clock out, make sure you're utilizing that time to learn about something, to bring something later to an interview at a med school and, 
and yep. to bring something in a way and, and make it a meaningful experience. If you can ask deeper questions about it too, like that's awesome. Yeah, like, like don't just like, like Matt said, don't kind of just like gloss over hit like that base layer, like really think about like what you're doing and how it has an impact on that project. Cause it may not seem like it, but it's huge. Yeah. And just like to what you said too, for interviews later, if you show up to an interview and you can't even talk about the research or you don't even understand the basics of what was going on. It's going to show. Right. Yeah. And they'll just think, you know, oh, this person came in every day. They just punched and, in and punched and out. And they washed beakers. That got, brought up, that got brought up in my interview. Yeah. yeah. I was going to say, like, you probably put research down on your application. I did. And you did as well, Mike. Yep. And I did as well. I guarantee you they asked you about it, correct? Oh, yeah. Yeah. I got asked, like... My videos were huge of part, part of my interview. Exactly. Yeah. So those are things that, that really stand out. And again, uh, we talked about how your extracurriculars can really help you stand out on an application. But I think research is another way that you can stand out on an application because um, it shows passion. Yeah. And people have some really creative research. Like Mike's is so mm-hmm. creative. You passion, know? passion, passion. It's always going to reflect back to that passion. Right. Yeah. And, and, it, and it, goes, it goes to show, like, if you can talk about this, show genuine interest, show drive, show motivation, show, again, the key word of this podcast is initiative. Yeah. yeah. I'd say that. I mean, yeah, you didn't yeah. even plan that, but I would agree with that 100%. I agree. So, I mean, yeah. So take advantage of the resources that you guys are having in your lives and in, in, in your um, undergrad institutions and even check your connections outside of the undergrad. I mean, maybe someone in your family knows someone, maybe a cousin has a friend or something like that. Those are all ways that if you're really motivated to find research and research is important to you, go chase it down. Yeah. And I would say too, like, I know we've talked about doing this, but when you do email these people, make sure you've taken the time to like learn a little bit about what you're emailing them about. Yes. Don't 100%. just shoot them an email and say, uh, I'm a freshman in college and I want to do research. That's not going to fly. You're not going to get a response. Right. Look read them read up. their latest paper. Yeah. Read their paper. Get interested and find something that you're passionate about. So that way you can say, hey, I read that you just did this. Uh, I just learned about this in class and I think that these overlap. I'd love to come and talk to you for a minute. And then if you show up to that their meeting and you can talk about it and you show that you're interested, they're not going to say no to having an extra hand around the lab. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, and, and I think it comes, you know, you start maybe as an extra hand in the lab and that's, that's, I mean like the first couple months I was at the lab, I felt like I couldn't bring anything to the table because I didn't know how to do all these things. Just but, watched people. Right. Yeah. And you feel kind of like <laughs> kind of creepy. Um, but you know, after you start learning you these protocols <laughs> and then you can like, you know, some, there are always those, those, uh, those, those lab protocols that no one likes to do for, you know, like whether it's working with bacteria or something or sectioning, sectioning, you or know, PCR, you know, that would, that would, for me, that was the thing that I was like, you know what, while I can't do anything, I'm going to learn this one and I'm going to make sure that, you know, I can do this for people in the lab. If they don't want to do this, I'll do it. And yeah. then you just kind of learn that way. And then people recognize that you're taking you know, you're using opportunities. You want to learn. You're willing to work, and that's that's a huge thing. Is is no PI, no PhD in your lab, no master's student in your lab is gonna appreciate that you're there if you just sit there and expect to get exactly. Yeah, and that's something that Dr. Frank taught me when um when I first started working with her was do your job first and then look for other opportunities. Like if you come in doing one thing, learn that job the best you can. And then look for opportunities outside of that. Like, don't come in saying, I want to do this if your job is to do A, B, and C. Do A, B, and C and become amazing at it. And then ask if you can do E and F. 
Yeah, I agree. And that's actually like a really good segue into the next topic I was going to bring up is like what to really expect from working in a lab. Because I think a lot of us, you know, you do hear all these like great things that are going on in the lab, but I don't think all that, like not all the time you're going to get thrown into those projects right away, especially as like an undergrad, like I had no lab experience. I have like pipetted in like intro bio class, like that was it. So do you guys want to talk a little bit about like what your first kind of experience was in the lab and then maybe how like you grew that into like the projects that you eventually had? Like like a bench lab or like just research in general? Yeah, I think there's, there's two I different there's sides two. of this coin. Yeah. I so mean, Mike, why don't you talk a little bit about your, your experience? You know, like you said you were in the right place, right time. Okay. How did you start? Did you just say, hey, I know how to use GoPros? Yeah, literally, that's that's uh, actually how it started. So, wish it was that easy all the time. <laughs> I know it's not that easy, but it's one, kind of what we talked about: initiative. Like, don't be afraid to seize the moment when it presents itself, sure. as long as you know what you're doing. Um, so that job, I got a flyer from Northeastern saying that there was this opportunity at Mass General to work in the sports performance lab, and my job was more so to do analyzing like athletes and stuff like that. So we had like this cool room where we use the same system that like you make FIFA and stuff with. So, like we bring in like players and stuff and record their body movements. That's and cool. I wasn't the best at that, but, um, I remember I was in the office getting some stuff for whatever research I was doing at the time. And Dr. O came in and was talking to Donna, my supervisor at the time about that project. And he literally just was talking about it. And I just said, I, I know how to use that camera. And then we ended up in there. And I, like you said too, Matt, I went in the OR with him. I did the project. I did a really good job with it. And then he came into the locker room afterwards and saw me writing down everything that we had just did. And he looked at me and was like, that's an amazing skill. I can't teach people to do that. You're doing the right thing right now. And then later on, he came and found me and I had lunch with him and he was just sitting there and he was like, I like you. We're going to figure this out. Um, I want you to go to medical school. I'm going to help you. And that's how I got my mentor. But Mine's a very unique experience in that. Like, I was just very fortunate to seize that moment and have it be a, like an opportunity that I, I actually knew how to handle. Yeah, but you also still had like, I mean, it goes back to initiative. It right. goes back to initiative. And you also had like the drive to take it to that next level, you know, not just going along with it and like being like, okay, this is the project. This is what we need to do. And that's it. But making sure, you know, you said you wrote notes in the locker room afterwards, making sure that you took everything that was said in the OR and then, like, worked towards, like, making it a better experience and a better video yeah. the next time. I think his favorite thing, though, was we did this other project for, they have, like, this national softball conference. And a lot of the pitchers that we use are softball players. So he was going to that conference, and I offered to make a video about all, like, the stuff that we were doing in lab. Instead of having him going and presenting it, I was like, why don't we just, like, film us, like, doing stuff in the lab. Like, I'll pull screenshots of everything that we've done and all that. And I put together this big video. And then I had to have him star in it. So like he had to come in and work with me and um, say all these things. And he comes in and I had all these, I had like a little, like a movie studio set up and he walked in, it was like eight o'clock at night. He had just finished doing surgery and he walks in, he goes, wow, this is not what I expected at all. This is amazing. I'm so excited to do this. I'm so tired, but this is awesome. <laughs> and it just showed him that like I took the care to actually make sure that what I was doing was going to be the best product that I could possibly do. And it just energized him and made him want to do it. And it came out to be this really cool project. I, I, it was so much fun. Yeah. And I think that, that's another thing is, is, you know, obviously respect the time that people are going to give you because a lot of those, you know, PIs or those, those mentors that you're going to find, they don't have to mentor you. No, yeah, they don't. Exactly. But you, you know, if you show that you're the kind of person that's worth their time 
respects their time, but is uh, like, you know, I don't, I, I, I'm hesitant to use the word investment, but you know, they will want to invest in you because they I'd say see, it's an investment. I think that's a fair word to use. Sure. They, they, they it's, see it's hard you. to train an undergrad, like in the lab. Like, it it's, is it's not easy. No, but like, and it, but it makes it so much easier when someone actually wants to learn and, and, and will put in the time. Like, you know, if I, you know, like when, when we're writing those things down, it's mundane for the people in my lab to explain to me what GFP is, you know, or it was at the time. But, you know, in my head, I was like, oh, my word, what is this acronym GFP? Uh, so I would go look it up. And it was just obviously it's green fluorescent protein. But, you know, so that way, the next lecture I sat through, I was catching things and, and it kind of just builds. Yeah. yeah. So when you first started in your lab, Matt, what were you doing? Like, what was your day to day like? Yeah. So my day to day was really cool. Um, I got taken into an immunology um, research lab where we focus on adoptive T-cell therapy, which is the idea of taking a patient with cancer, taking their immune system or their immune cells or T-cells out of their body, re-genetically engineering them and reintroducing them into the body so that way they are more effective at recognizing and destroying the cancers. So that's a really, really cool thing to do. and yeah, we're there, I mean, you have full spectrum. So we do everything with cell culture to molecular biology stuff. So I started a lot with the molecular biology, which mm-hmm. was, you know, growing up DNA, creating vectors. Um, for those of you who aren't familiar with what vectors are, it's where you have a um, bacterial DNA um, plasmid that you can throw genes into kind of with, um, it's almost like a cut and paste and it's a little bit more complicated than that, but you take genes out and you put genes in so that you can alter genetic codes and genomes of T-cells later um, and just see how they have different effects on the cancer. So I started off by making DNA and, mm-hmm. and making mm-hmm. sure that I was making the best DNA I could make. <laughs> Would you say that was like kind of like like a low-level sure. part of the job? Sure. I, I mean, I did, I did things called mini-preps, and mini-preps are... Yeah. Oh, my God. Oh, yes. I have no so idea what that is. But my friend Dan, I, I'm pretty sure I've heard, heard him <laughs> use that, and he had the same response that you two just did. Yeah, I mean, you work with smelly bacteria, um, and it's just like a very, you know, step-by-step process, a lot of pipetting, but, you know, you do it. You make good good DNA. Other people can use it for things they need. And then, you know, as soon as you start doing that, then you can start doing a little bit of the cutting. Then you use some, use some gel electrophoresis and some um, oh, enzyme digests. And then you start doing the ligations and actually creating the vectors. And once you create the vectors, people can use them to transduce. And as soon as people start using your vectors that you've created to transduce, you're looking over them and watching how they do that. And then you get into the cell culture. And... You know, I think, you know, you learn, you learn a lot of good techniques like aseptic technique and mm-hmm. how to not contaminate cells when you're working with yep. these vials of cells. Um, how so long, how long do you think it took before like you actually found, you actually thought like you were at that point whew. and not the point where like you knew everything because like we never get to that point, but to the point where you felt like you were contributing. Sure. Yeah. I think contributing is a good word. You felt like you were actually contributing to the lab. Sure. I mean, I, I would say it took me a good you know, two or three weeks before I felt like I was, you know, I didn't have to have someone over my shoulder at every moment of the time. And granted there was because we're working with, you know, very, very high level or, you know, kind of expensive materials, which, you know, you can't just always replace, but, um, it took me a little bit and that was with me doing work outside of the lab to make sure I was understanding things that were happening because we have weekly lab meetings and we have weekly conferences or not conferences, but lectures to where you learn more and more. So I think for me, 
it was time outside of the lab learning about this developing field of immunology, which is always growing and always changing. Did you present at those meetings too? So I didn't present at those meetings, but I did present at meetings at the end of the summer where Mm -hmm. I had used, you know, I had three months of time to develop my the specific project I'd be working on. Cool. And the way I got these projects were they'd be something that someone didn't have time to fully invest. They were busy, but they had d- discovered a new question. So that was my responsibility or to assist someone with their own research. So it was really cool to dip my, I guess, dip, dip my, dip my feet into a bunch of different projects yeah. and learn a whole different part, a bunch of parts. And so that was, I think that was, 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 was really cool about being in a lab at the beginning is I wanted to see this. I wanted to do this. So I asked mm-hmm. to be, you know, I asked to be a part of this, asked to be a part of this. And so I learned so much more than if I would have dedicated the summer to just learning about the molecular part or, you know, just the cell culture part. I learned it all at the same time. Mm-hmm. That's because I really wanted to. And I was asking everyone if I could. And you had the initiative, the initiative <laughs> to go after it. Yeah, no, I, yeah. I think that's a great thing that we pointed out. I, That is like the highlight of research, I think. Yeah. And so now when I go back to the lab, you know, my PI can actually just tell me, hey, I think that we should develop a vector using this, this, and this. Yeah. And I'm just like, cool, it's on. And that was his his investment in you. Like now he knows that you enjoy this enough that you're going to come back and do it. And he doesn't have to spend a ton of time teaching someone else to do it. You come back, you fit right back into the puzzle. And you're ready to go. Absolutely. And he trusts you too. He knows like what the work that trust you've done. is huge. Yeah. So like, I, I could talk a little bit about because I feel like my boss gave me <clears throat> a lot of trust. So like, I started off. I did not do a whole lot with like any infectious disease until I graduated college, and that was like two and a half, three years into the lab. I started working with MHC and uh, major histocompatibility compatibility complex for those that don't know. And kind of how it relates to HIV infection. And there's, you know, various um, subtypes of MHC and various um, different uh, MHC genes that have been shown to prove that um, they lead to a better course of HIV infection in um, people. And so I worked with that. I worked for that for three years, trying to discover these genes, trying to sequence them, trying to characterize them, and then didn't really do a lot with the immunology part. That was someone else. But... Um, like Mike said, you know, trust in these people. So I got really lucky that towards the end of my time at the lab, um, a lot of projects were opening up because, um, the people, the uh, scientists and the grad students and the techs that were on these projects were either graduating. One of them went to med school and they needed someone to do that. That's the best time to step in. And it was awesome. Exactly. And I, my boss knew that I was interested in infectious disease and I really loved doing that. And so I took on probably a few more projects than I should have, but it opened, you know, I started working with like arteriviruses, which are like, if people know what Ebola is, they're essentially like monkey Ebola viruses. I started working with clinical samples, like novel pathogens. And I thought you were describing the Ebola as a monkey. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. You know, and then I realized what you were talking about. <laughs> God, I hope, I hope not. But, uh, but yeah, it was like that trust. And that's like another thing, like being in the right place at the right time to sure. where those projects opened up. I had been there. I was probably one of the senior members at the lab at that point to where my boss could just be like, Hey, I know you're really interested in this. Can you take this on? Sure. And it was awesome. I mean, like I learned a lot. I learned like way too much about viruses were like to the point where it kind of keeps me up at night and I'm like, worried about the next pandemic. <laughs> That's a parasitology for me. Yeah. It's uh, 
But yeah, I mean, it's just being in the right place at the right time and having the trust of someone that they can just give you a project. And at that point in time, I had nobody that was like above me. I didn't have a grad student to report to. I didn't have a scientist mm-hmm. to report to. It was me and my PI. And that's the best case scenario. As scary yeah. as that probably was to start, that's the best. You are one-on-one with that person. Oh, yeah. Yeah, you're right. It was absolutely terrifying. So, um, I mean, just for our, for our viewers here, um, I... We've been saying right place, right time a lot. Um, and I think that there is, there's an aspect of being in the right place at the right time. Um, but it's not all luck. You, you, you obviously both, we all, all three of us, you set ourselves your own luck. up yeah, exactly. to you have be to... in the right place at the right this time. This episode yeah. is brought to you by the word initiative. Right. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But like, it, it's not like we just like accidentally trip. Mike, you didn't stumble into the doctor's office. Right. And then like wind up on a GoPro and say, hey, this is a GoPro. I know how to use this. Yeah. You know? You know? <laughs> and, it, you know, you, you, you were in the right place so that you could be there at the right time. I think maybe that's, that's the better um, idea about it. Um, one thing I do want to talk about before we move on is just, you know, for our viewers, just to kind of give a, a couple other reasons why they might want to do research other than the pure learning about what it is um, or what goes into all the medicine that we develop is, for me, I know um, my opportunities at research or in, in my research program enabled me to make a lot of connections with physicians mm-hmm. and uh, learn a lot about, you know, letters of recommendation for sure. For sure. And, and yeah. you, you make these relationships and, you know, like I, I can shadow the, um, the surgeon that was doing a rotation in the, in the lab and whenever I want, I was on one of their papers because I, it was a side project that they saw how well I worked in the lab. That they asked me to do this with them. And so I think, being in a research lab gives you a whole wealth of opportunities not to just develop relationships with your um, with your PI, your principal investigator, but also outside. People they know. My, yeah. Dr. Ng, he set me up with so many people when I was getting ready for medical school. He had me go into interview with his old colleague to go work in their lab. That didn't work out. Um, he sent me over to his other friend who was on the admissions board at BU to look at my application with me. He sent me to some other person that he worked for. Like once they invest in you and they like you, they will do whatever they can to help you as long as they know that you're appreciative of it. Absolutely. If you are taking it for granted, that's not going to stick around for a long time Mm -hmm. in my personal opinion. Like I still see, I make sure I go back and see all my mentors. I go see Dr. Frank. I go see Dr. O, Dr. Ng, Greg, Kathleen, anyone who's ever helped me, I make sure I go back and make time for them. Absolutely. Yeah, because but... those people will go to bat for you every time. Exactly. Yeah, I know my B, my PI, uh, Dr. O'Connor, got me in touch with people in Minnesota. He got me in touch with people in Australia that just like had projects that like needed to get done. And I think it also helps like it's like we keep saying it's all like trust yeah and like once you get to that level they know that they can trust you and they know that you can like you are going to do a good job to the point where that if they recommend you to someone else or if they introduce you to someone else you're going to be able to talk about the research that you do and you're going to be able to like show that you're excited about it and not just that it was was another project like right made it through if they stick out their neck for you obviously you're going to come through for them yeah exactly So on that note, kind of, did you guys have any publications before you came to medical school? Yeah, I did. I, I, so I've had, uh, I think that the one thing when, um, when people think about publications, they think, ah, I do a project, I do, I, you know, I invest some time in it, I get published. 
that's not always how it works. Publications, you know, there's a lot that goes into it. And to get onto a publication, you have to be able to contribute a specific amount. So, um, and a lot of times in basic science, the process of getting published can take a long time as well to where it is, you know, you, you write, they review, they write again, they review, they submit. And, you know, some of these papers can take one or two years. Some papers can never come to fruition. So, I mean, it's just part of, it's just part of research. Um, for me, I was a part of a clinical study and then a couple um, basic science studies to where my clinical study looked at um, outpatient predictors or sorry, um, post-op, post-op predictors um, of survival in colorectal cancers for the geriatric population. Mm -hmm. And then obviously with the work I've done in the immunology, um, just looking at T cells and a lot of immunology stuff is, you know, obviously, and that's stuff I'm continually contributing to and and want to continually be affiliated with. Yeah. Mine was a little different. The videos are, they're kind of quick. Like we go into the OR, we shoot the surgery and then um, we just kind of like put it all together and then submit it. It's, it's a lot faster than kind of like the bench research. And I think that's mm-hmm. what I liked about it most. When I was doing bench research, it just, and this works for some people, it doesn't work for others. It, it took too long for me. Um, I just enjoyed being able to go in the OR, make a technique video, something that we knew that was good for people, and then put it out there and have it out in the world. Like that's just how I enjoyed mine. But that's the only publication I had before I came to medical school. Yeah, I had a couple. Um, I didn't have any until, honestly, until after I graduated, which was a couple years um, after I started working in the lab. Um, I had one uh, first author publication about the MHC, which I had spent like essentially my entire undergrad and thesis on. And then um, when we started working with Zika virus, you know, we were doing a lot of the preliminary data for that. So we had a couple publications that were looking on uh, the effects of Zika virus in pregnancy. And then one of the, re- one of the really cool ones that I really liked was looking at the differences between, um, like needle stick transmission and mosquito based transmission. Sure. There's a lot of, yeah, a lot of the studies that, you know, you're doing when you're involving viruses are, you are, you know, injecting a mouse with a needle that is like full of virus. Well, does that actually like portray the same effects that if you would have a mouse get bit by a mosquito? Sure. Did you, I mean, so, uh, did you do any of the writing for your papers? I mean, you said you were first author on ones. I'm guessing you did some. The first author, well, yeah, the first author one, I did that entire thing. And like, like Mike said, like it takes a while, like it took a while. It probably took like a year and a half, probably a year just to write it. And they, oh, that was with like a lot of other different projects going on. Right. You revise, you submit, you revise, you submit. But yeah, I guess the question I'm, I'm, uh, building towards is, how did you learn to write that stuff? I'm working on that right now. Yeah. So for the video, <laughs> I lucked out that um, the fellow that was working with me on the project, he wanted nothing to do with the video. Yeah. So we kind of made a, a deal of like, I'll do the whole video, you do the write-up, and we'll just put them together at the end. Yeah. So I haven't learned that yet, but that's what I'm doing. Like the research I've talked to you guys about mm-hmm. while I'm sure. doing here at Loyola, that's my goal is like, I feel like when I get into residency... I want to know how to take a project from start to finish. I want to be able to have the idea, write the proposal, do the research, write the report, have the finalization. Absolutely. Of it. I think that's yeah. big. I think that's big because, you know, and I think that's one thing is, is while you're in, in, in a lab, I think it's important, uh, or while you're doing research, I think it's important one way or the other just to, uh, to look 
or observe, you know, the same way you'd learn protocols or procedures. Mm-hmm. Learn how to write these things. Ask people how they're doing it, what they try to do, what they're learning for or, or looking for in, while they're writing and what they're aiming to get across because it is an art form. And the way you write will help it get published or will hurt it from getting published. Yeah, it's all about the language. And I figured that, I found that out when I was doing mine. It's all about the language they, that you use. And like Matt said, like there are going to be people in your lab who have written like quite a few papers. Like they know how to do it. It is Absolutely. an art form. You know, you back on them. Exactly. Learn from them. And they want to help you too because they're part of the lab. And likely their name is going to be on that paper as well. So... You know, learn from people. I think don't just try and dive in. Sure. Ask for help. What would you, if you could give one word that would, uh, I mean, besides initiative? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so that's getting at. I think it's important just to, to take advantage of every opportunity you can get. And, you know, I, I know that for everyone, um, finding a research experience, finding a mentor, finding something you're passionate about, um, is a process and it's unique for every, every individual. But you know, I, if, whether you're listening to this, when it's recently come out, this podcast, when it's come out, or, you know, if you're listening to this three or four years down the line and you have questions about it, I mean, a lot of questions on research can be a lot more specific. Please feel free to email us or write us or ask questions to us. So that way, you know, we can tailor our advice or our, you know, guidance a little bit more personally to you. Yeah. And on that note too, we do have our Instagram is up now. We finally have that up and running and we have the email up and running. So it's three guys in a white coat. It'll be in the info bar for uh, whichever way you're listening to this. You can look in there and you'll be able to contact us however you want, but absolutely we want to hear back from you guys. Yeah. And we, and we generally, yeah. I mean, the reason why we, we're doing this podcast is because we want to help other people who have questions or who just feel like they're in the dark on this whole process because you know, it is it is a very daunting it's, it's hard especially if you don't have anybody that's been through it before sure. it's hard to go at it alone don't try to do that sure yeah. and you know whether we can use our connections to help you guys or just give you advice on how to find those connections we would be absolutely happy to do that agreed you got one word mike um i don't have one word but i, I kind of already said it too learn whatever role it is you get hired for first and as long as you can handle more and you can do it well it will come don't come in with the attitude of you're going to be the top dog. Go in, be humble, do what you got to do, and everything else will fall into place. I guarantee that. Mm-hmm. I think I would say excitement. Like, find something you're excited in. Don't just find something because, like, you hear that there's an opening. Find something you're excited in. And especially when, like, new projects come up, if you think they sound cool, show interest in it. Because, like, at the end of the day, like, you may get put on that project, even, like, no matter how small that may be, like, you might get, like, you know, piggybacking and baby steps like towards what you actually want to do. Yeah. And I would say to challenge yourself, do not just do something that you feel comfortable with. Make don't sure be you, scared. Don't be scared. Yeah. It, it is scary. You know, going to a meeting where I understood the, the X and Y axes of the graphs, maybe I knew where they were from. Right. I had about that. Yeah. <laughs> I so recognized that it, state. It was, it was daunting, but you know, challenging myself to go in and figure out Okay, what does that do? What does that ask questions? Figure it out, and I guarantee you something that you put in the work to learn is something that you will become passionate about because you've invested in it and now you're curious. And I think that's just big and you need to challenge yourself in order to find things that really push you, the, that will that you'll really learn from and that you'll really grow from. Agreed. I, I agree. I couldn't have said it better myself. Yeah, I don't want to say anything to follow that up, so <laughs> 
All right. Well, this has been another episode of Three Guys in a White Coat. Hopefully you found it useful, and uh, hopefully you found it helpful. This is Matt signing off. This is Semler signing off. And this is Mike signing off.